And uh, it's amazing how the Spirit works because everything leading up to this message, there were so many um, uh, inferences to what God is leading us to. And, and Steve talked about baptism. For some reason, I was led to this scripture about Jesus' baptism and uh, hopefully make the connection with that Old Testament scripture in Deuteronomy about, um, about uh, Moses. Um, but um, have you ever wondered why um, Jesus had to be baptized? I mean, after all, he was the son of God. He was sinless. So certainly it wasn't a baptism for sin, but he accepted baptism as obedient service to God, and God showed approval. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now, Jesus' baptism signifies his desire to do what God wants him to do with the rest of his life. And Lynn prayed that prayer. God, what is my purpose in life. Is this not what our baptism should mean, that we want to do what God wants us to do with our lives? Now, my bucket list uh, includes walking the Camino de Santiago uh, through northern Spain. Uh, This is the way of St. John. It's a 500-mile trek. Um, uh, and, uh, and, uh, my, uh, daughter has promised to walk it with me, but she wants not to walk it until her kids get a little older. And I keep on saying, if you wait any longer, you're going to have to push me in a wheelchair. <laughs> but, 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 but the, the fact of the matter is Don Bowes, um, uh, chronicles, uh, his, uh, in his book, Senor Camino, uh, chronicles his first trip of 500 miles and his second trip with his wife at 250 miles at the age of 70 years old. And, and Bose tells of his spiritual experience while on a mission trip to, to Mexico. Uh, Bose was very involved in his church, had been on several mission trips. And on this one particular trip at break time, he was sitting in a grove of olive trees in a stone path. And he was asking God what God wanted him to do with the rest of his life. And, and it wasn't until the very last second as he made his way back to work, he heard the voice of God say, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And and he goes on to say, I began to realize that the sooner I came to the end of myself, the sooner God would be able to take over. And in many years that have followed, he says, I find myself just beginning to scratch the surface of what baptism into Christ is all about, how we are new creatures. The death, life, death, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, starting from the middle of that crude stone path in Mexico, he says, I've been walking out this baptism every day of my life. I love that phrase. I've been walking out this baptism every day of my life. Isn't it amazing that Jesus is baptized and he immediately is led into the wilderness, into temptation? I mean, that again is in Lynn's prayer. I mean, why, Lord? I mean, why can't it be a little easier than we experience this, this Christian life as, as we are tempted every day of our lives? Eugene Peterson states in his wonderful book, Along Obedience in the Same Direction, that Christians cannot or should not stay in one place lest they risk becoming statues. We need to keep moving forward along a path that, that keeps us becoming more like the one we follow, Jesus. This experience is what led me to move from existing as a statue to becoming a pilgrim. 
wanting to do what God wants me to do with the rest of my life. We are called to walk our baptism every day of our lives. That's why we can't rest in the nest. Now, now I'm, um, I'm a fan of, 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 of the Eagles. Now, I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles, but I'm talking about the bird, the eagle. And, and I uh, have a collection of eagles. In fact, in my office, uh, all through uh, uh, many years of my ministry, I had a great tapestry of an eagle on my wall uh, because the eagle is just a, such a beautiful bird. Uh, we had an eagle nest about less than a mile from our home uh, last couple summers and, and uh, saw the little eaglets uh, at the edge of the nest and, and the mother eagle. And, and um, you know, an eagle will build a nest that's like six feet deep <laughs> and the eagle will, will gather all kinds of strong material from the forest, uh, branches and briars and thorns and thistles, and, and he'll build, uh, she'll build a nest as strong as possible for the security of the young eaglets. But, 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 uh, and then she'll gather all kinds of soft material from the forest, like grass and dry leaves, and, and, and she'll, she'll bed that nest not only for the security of the young eaglets, but for the comfort of the young eaglets. But one wisdom of that mother she knows in order for those young eaglets to survive they've got to get out of the nest and learn how to fly and so what she'll do is she'll pull out all the soft lining of the nest and those eaglets in order to find comfort will climb to the edge of the nest i mean have you ever sat in a thorn or a thistle <laughs> well they, they 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 climb to the edge of the nest to find comfort the mother eagle will fly and and knock them off the edge of the nest with her wings I can't imagine what that first ascent to earth would be like. Uh, and, uh, and, the, uh, and the mother eagle will swoop down and catch them on the pinion of her wings. What a great picture. The scripture in Deuteronomy says, God is like a mother eagle who hovers over her young and catches them on the pinion of her wings. What a great image of God. We, we, we can't rest in, in, in the nest. Catch this five-step um, process from shelter to success. There's that shelter and nurturing stage when the mother builds that nest secure and, and offers comfort to the young eaglets and, and that painful disturbance when those young eaglets are, climb to the edge of the nest and that persistent motivation of the mother eagle when she knocks them off of the nest and that constant protection when she swoops down and catches them on the pinion of her wings. Success! fly, eagles fly. Now, nesting places in our lives, they're important. Those nesting places at times. But we're called not to stay in the comfort of the nest. We need those times when, when we lose a loved one in life and we're going through a hard time in life and we need to be comforted by those who are around us, brothers and sisters in Christ, but, but we're not to stay in the nest. Now, when should we not be content to stay in the nest? Well, when we have an answer to a need. If we as Christians believe Christ is the answer to the needs of this world, we, we, uh, when we know we can meet another need in a person's life, doing the right things for God and for others, walking out our baptism, of all those things... Those who are walking out their baptism in fear, complacency heads the list. What happens in our Christian walk in life is we 
cease to be hungry. I come out of a rich tradition as yours. <laughs> I mean, the, the United Methodist tradition in, in our book of discipline is described as a Pentecostal movement, as the movement of the on fire of the Holy Spirit spread, spread gospel holiness throughout the land. And there was excitement and there was joy in Christ. And then we built buildings and we hired uh, paid clergy. And, well, I can only speak for our own tradition. We become complacent. We become complacent. Harold Lamb in his book, Alexander the Great, um, says this about the Greek army. He said that Alexander caused the Greek army great consternation when they marched off the map. They, uh, they, they, the only maps they had seen were, were where they had been and not where they were going. <laughs> maps told them where they had been and not where they were going. And so Lamb says they drew up their own maps. What a great description of Christians, of the Christian community. We draw up our own maps as the, as the Spirit leads us to do. We need those who are walking out their baptism to be march-off-the-map people. Now, march-off-the-map people, here are some characteristics. I'll leave you with them uh, to ponder. March-off-the-map people, those who are walking out their baptism, know what they want. Someone said the starting point of all achievement is desire. University of Chicago years ago did a study on various a five year study on various fields and, and, and the result was what they found out was that uh, they did the study in fields of medicine and the field of music, field of sports, and, and, and they found this drive and determination, not natural talent, led to the success of those individuals who excelled in excelled in their fields. Now now that's amazing. Now that doesn't say that uh, the, these people didn't have natural talent, of course. An accomplished pianist, I know that. But, but at the same time, I know a lot of accomplished pianists who never made it to the top of the field because even with their natural talent, they didn't have drive and determination to do that. Our destiny is determined by what we possess by what possesses us. Now listen. When we want success more than security, we'll take the risk. When we want excellence more than mediocrity, we'll make the effort. When we want growth more than stagnancy, we'll make the changes. When we want results more than rest, we'll give the time. When we want solutions more than pity, we'll fix the problem. Our problem is, is a want problem, a desire problem. And most of us don't get what we want because we don't know what we want. March off the map people. People who get out of the nest. People who walk, are walking their baptism like Jesus know what they want. Secondly, those who are walking uh, their, out their own baptism um, put pressure on themselves. There needs to be some self-inflicted pressure. Uh, we, we need to push ourselves beyond our comfort zone. Uh, found this sign in an office, you can if you will and you're canned if you won't. <laughs> do whatever we need to do to be, get beyond our comfort zone. Are we willing to pay the price? In fact, are we willing to pray the price? 
prayer is the difference between the best we can do and the best God can do. We need to make our priorities and give our time and make our goals public and make ourselves accountable one to another as believers and followers of Christ, as those who walk out our baptism together, people who march off the map put pressure on themselves. Uh, people who walk out their baptism march off the map, people, people who love more. A young couple just recently married, the husband's watching football on TV out Hour on hour, and the young bride says, "Honey, you love football more than you love me." He says, "Yes, uh, that's true, honey, but I love you more than basketball." <laughs> now that won't get you out of the nest. Well, it may get you kicked out of the nest. Uh, you know what I mean? Um, but we talk a lot about love in the church. My question is: Is it talk or is it action? Um, love will always find a way. Indifference will always find an excuse. Opposite of love is not hate. Opposite of love is indifference. And if you are always looking for excuses, you will always find one. Love more. Love more and love more. <laughs> now, now there are only two places in the scripture that I that I understand uh, that that talk about a charcoal fire. The first is that scene when this young disciple, uh, Peter, is, is warming his hands after the arrest of Jesus. And he comes and says, um, you're, you know Jesus. He said, I don't know him. You're a disciple of Jesus. No, I, I don't know him. You, you follow Jesus. No, I, I don't even know the man. <laughs> and, and then that second scene of a charcoal when after the resurrection of Jesus, when the disciples have been out fishing all night and they come to shore and they see a, a person on the shore uh, over a charcoal fire preparing breakfast for them, and Peter realizes it's Jesus and he, he takes his clothes off and he jumps out of the boat before it's anchored and he runs to Jesus. And Jesus asks him not once, not twice, but three times, Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me, Peter, more than these? Do you love me, Peter? March off the map. People, people walking out their baptism on a daily basis love more. And then people, those who are walking out their baptism, um, those who get out of the nest uh, are those who make more mistakes. <laughs> now, now, during my ministry, I would always encourage people to... Uh, discover their spiritual gifts and use their talent, and they would say, well, pastor, I, I can't do that. I'm not, I might make a mistake. Well, well, so what? I've made millions of them. So, so what if you make a mistake in reading the scripture, or praying the prayer, or whatever we're doing to glorify and honor God? So what? Uh, John Kennedy, or Robert Kennedy said, only those who dare to fail greatly ever achieve greatly. And Thomas Watson, the founder of IBM, said, the way to succeed is to double your failure rate. Our number one handicap is a constant fear of failure in our life. And the question is, do we see failure as a life incident or a personal indictment? If we see it as a personal indictment, we'll always be afraid to fail. Successful people less. That's not true. Read the autobiography of successful people, and you'll find out how many mistakes they've made along their journey of life. 
We believe that successful churches fail less. Do the histories of successful churches and successful spiritual movements, and you'll find the mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. One failure doesn't kill a person. One success doesn't make a person. If we do the ordinary, God will add the extra to it. Those who are walking out their baptism, those who get out of the nest, uh, watch their friends. Now, this sounds a little suspicious in the Christian community, and I mean this in love, but our real, our real enemies are the people who make us feel so good that we're slowly pulled down into the smugness of, uh, into the quicksand of smugness and self-satisfaction. Our friends will make us or break us. Some friends will pull us back down into the nest, and some friends will kick us out of the nest. I, I've even had pastors come to me and say, Tom, why are you so excited about the gospel? I mean, what keeps you so enthused after 68 years of life about the gospel and about sharing and preaching the gospel? You see, you don't have to be so excited about that. What they're saying, you, you don't have to get out of the boat. And if I don't get out of the boat, I'll never walk on water. You see, those who walk out their baptism watch their friends and then lastly, those who walk out of their baptism or walking out of their baptism take more risks. If, if you want to do something new, you cannot keep doing the same old things over and over again. Mark Twain said two times in a man's life when he should not speculate when he can't afford it and when he can. <laughs> Effective Baptism walkers enable the church to stay focused on the unseen reality, God's future. And that was prayed about earlier in the worship experience. If you believe that the future can be better than the present, then I believe that God is calling you to be walking out your baptism. For you see, we can't rest in the nest. We need to walk out our baptism as Jesus walked out his baptism. This is my son in whom I am well pleased and who I love very much. This is my daughter who I am well pleased and I love very much. For remember the words of Isaiah, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And so the message for us on this Lord's day, fly, eagles fly. And how do we do that? Walking out our baptism on a daily basis. Amen. And amen.